Welcome to Stories in the Dark, a podcast about strange and creepy things. Come listen to the dark. Hello, my creeper. I hope you're enjoying spooky season. This week, we have another classic Halloween story for you. But I'm not going to tell you what it's about. I don't like to spoil the surprise. This story is called The Bride. And we'll find out if it's a trick or if it's a treat. She woke up cold and alone in the confusing dark. The bed was soft and small, smaller than her own, and she wondered why she wasn't in it. She wondered where her husband was, her lovely new husband. She pushed open the doors and rubbed her eyes at the sudden light. It was blindingly bright and the air was crisply cold. So cold it made her face hurt. Her bare feet wanted to stick to the slick floor and she kept moving. She pushed ahead as Alan always teased her about doing. She was so pushy and he was a pushover. So they joked as they toasted each other at their wedding dinner. But Alan wasn't here. Her dress trailed on the floor and she looked down and saw it was white lace and satin. She was wearing her wedding dress. How odd. She could have sworn she'd taken it off after the wedding dinner and the dancing. But no, she was wearing it and it looked a little dirty, although it was hard to tell. Her eyes didn't want to focus, and the light was too bright for her to really see anything. The next room, when she came to it, was a relief. It was darker and warmer, and could have been a sitting room or a lounge at a nice hotel. Although it was a little smaller than the lounge in their hotel. She still hadn't seen anyone and it seemed odd until she opened the double doors and went outside. Outside, where it was comfortingly dark, and the night was lit up with glow sticks and flashlights and dozens of children dressed as ghosts and ghouls and pop culture icons and superheroes searching the streets for candy and mischief which was all very interesting since the last thing she remembered was eating their mango and lemon wedding cake and their wedding was on October 28th. And so she walked the streets trying to figure out where she was. A group of teenagers with long hair passed her and yelled out at her 
She could barely make out their words, but she was pretty sure they'd said, nice costume. She must look pretty rough. All the houses and shops that she passed were decorated with bats and spiders and pumpkins. String lights shaped like Frankenstein's head and Dracula's teeth. The ground felt good under her feet, better than the frozen floor where she'd woken up, and she fell into a bit of a doze as she walked, until a group of kids jostled her as they ran past. Their mother stopped to apologize and then looked at her face. Are you all right, my dear? She asked. Costume, the bride said, her voice scratchier than she had expected. The mother nodded and ran off after her children, throwing a glance back over her shoulder. The bride walked on. She noticed that spiders and other small creatures coming towards her, drawn to her, and she walked faster, passing the jack-o'-lanterns and the pails of candy and the babies dressed as small animals. She was looking forward to having her own baby and dressing it as a pumpkin for Halloween and making little pumpkin cookies. These babies had a bit of a glow about them, and she almost stopped walking, wanting to pick one up. Their fat little cheeks were irresistible. But then she remembered Alan. He must be so worried about her, and she kept walking, sure of her direction now. The streets were looking more familiar to her, and it almost felt like something was pulling her along pulling her to her husband. She had loved him from the day they'd met. She'd always sworn there was something almost mystical tying them together, and now she could almost see it leading her to him. He must be so worried. She walked the streets until she found theirs their little street with the small craftsman she'd always wanted. They had bought it three months before the wedding, so that when they got home from their honeymoon, they could settle in and nest together and not have to worry about moving and unpacking. Alan liked to tease her about planning everything, but he really loved it. And they loved their blue and white house with the front porch and the little garden. She patted the rocking chair and found the hidden key they'd stashed in the little compartment under the windowsill. And the key worked, just like normal, and she trailed leaves across the threshold behind her. Leaves and other debris and she walked up the wooden steps of the staircase, the pole that connected her to Alan, leading her to their bedroom. 
she had been walking most of the night. The youngest trick-or-treaters had long ago gone to bed. Their house wasn't decorated at all, since they'd planned on being on a beach in Mexico for their honeymoon, and there were enough lights on that she knew he was still up. The bedroom door was open, and she could hear him on the phone, talking to his creepy little nephew, David. I'm sure she's fine, David. Yes. Yes, I'll check on her in the morning. Now go to sleep. Your mother doesn't like when you stay up so late. She worries about you. He hung up. Weird kid, he said. And she chuckled as she walked into the room. So used to Alan picking up conversations with her as soon as she walked in, as if she hadn't stepped out for a soda or whatever. But this time, it appeared, he hadn't been speaking to her in her absence. As Alan saw her, he dropped his glass on the floor and it shattered, spraying glass, and a piece of it hit her foot, but she didn't bleed. And a woman gasped. And that woman wasn't her. Alan stood there in his underwear, gaping at her stupidly, and she suddenly realized she had always hated that expression on his face, as if any shock stripped him of all semblance of human intelligence. She stepped carefully into the room, walking up to the foot of their bed where her friend Susan lay, covering herself with the sheet. The bride looked from Alan to Susan, Susan to Alan, and then she finally asked them, in her rough voice, what the fuck was going on? So that's what he meant, Alan said nonsensically, and sat down heavily in the armchair next to the bed. Susan was still staring at her, whimpering. Alan, the bride whispered and pointed at Susan. She was very tired from her walk across town, so very tired, and her voice was failing her. Kate, how are you here? How? Alan asked. I walked, she said sharply. But you're dead, Susan said, finding her own voice at last. Kate tilted her head and it felt strange, unbalanced. No, I was just sick, she said, but she wasn't sure. She wasn't sure where she'd been the last few days. She looked at Alan, scared now. My love, she whispered, and his eyes were scared, too. She walked over to the bureau and looked in the mirror, and she wanted to scream when she saw what she looked like. The dent in her head, the dried blood on her face, her eyes filmed over with gray, her wedding dress was caked with old blood, blood three days old, 
blood from the night she had died. Her wedding night. Alan held out a hand. I'm so sorry, Kate. So sorry. It was an accident. His face looked so sad. It was like one of those pictures they show you so you can learn empathy. The picture with the word sad under it. Alan had sad face. But Susan didn't. She looked scared and worried and her eyes kept moving between Alan and Kate. And Kate tried to remember what happened after the cake. The argument with Alan. Susan screaming off to the side. The angry words. The accusations. And then Alan with his arm raised, empty champagne bottle in his hands. Alan and Susan had a glow around them now, just like the little children she had seen in the streets. Kate thought she knew what the glow might mean. She walked over to her husband while Susan, over on the bed, started saying, But you're dead. You're dead, Kate. You can't be here because you're dead. But Kate and her husband ignored her. There was no champagne bottle here, so Kate reached out with her undead hands and slowly, gently, twisted off Alan's head. She was quite strong now. Susan was quiet when Kate turned towards her. Poor Susan, whose hands had touched her husband. Susan, who had screamed at Alan until he'd bashed in Kate's head. Kate reached out and pulled open Susan's mouth, then used her fingers and her teeth to find the source of the glow, the life within her, the light that would sustain her long after Alan and Susan were in the ground. And then the zombie bride left the way she came to walk the streets at night. She walked into legend with her tattered wedding dress and her bloody face and the heart that ever thirsts for vengeance.